Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hi. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Well, hello. And running the boards is Joey D's. Wow. Yo, yo. <laughs> On today's show, we will talk about Magic the Gathering and the Puget Sound Battleground 2. Dun, dun, dun. In keeping with the tabletop gaming theme, we'll get some board game reviews from Mr. BJ Shea. Okay. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's coming out all our blogs. Podcast and more! more. Just type in BJ Geek Nation <laughs> on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Radio.com app. Yeah, and if you uh, are on those iTunes and the Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Tell us why you love us, and uh, once we get some more, we'll uh, be reading a little bit of them. Yeah, please do. Always fun to do. Uh, Joe. Hello. BJ. Yes. And myself are all big Magic the Gathering fans. So uh, I want to get on and just talk a little bit with uh, my buddy Dylan, who uh, has a great comic book store and uh, board game and Magic the Gathering store up in uh, the Snohomish area, which is up north in uh, the the Seattle area in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, it's called Geek Fortress. And we talked with him a while back, or I talked with him a while back, about the Puget Sound Battleground that he had. And now he's got another one of those. And, of course, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the, the Throne of Eldritch with him as well. Dylan, last year we talked about the Puget Sound. Was it last year for Puget Sound Battleground? It was last May. So, oh, so it's six months. Okay, so you've uh, it's not an annual thing. It's a uh, looks like what biannual at this point. Yeah, and and it's funny because this is what actually like people as soon as it ended, they're like, "When's the next one?" And I'm just like, "Oh man." Like, maybe there should be another one and not just another year from now. And so this is the Puget Sound Battleground number two. And how did the first one go? The first one you had down in Tacoma, which uh, I'm a fan of because I'm from Tacoma. Uh, and uh, it seems like it went well. It seems like you had a good time there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it went great. Um, everyone, there was, a, there was a couple hiccups, just like any event can have. Uh-huh. Um, but it went really well. Uh, everyone had a great time, and more importantly, like the artists, like some of them came up to me and like thanked me for having such a great event because they go to these these bigger events where there's thousands of people, and it's just nonstop. This one, they still had a great day, like financially, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the pressure of having six thousand people over the course of a three day GP or whatever. Yeah, come up, so. or like like that. Now what they've turned uh, basically they've turned the Magic tournaments instead of like the Grand Prix, it's all these things rolled into one, being the Magic Fest. Magic Fest, yes. And so now with the Puget Sound Battleground, you're incorporating that not on the the gigantic scale on that, but still some really, really amazing names for artists, and we'll get to them very soon. But this is happening up north this time at the uh, the Angel of the Winds Arena up in Everett on the uh, on the second floor of the main hall, correct? Yep, yeah, yeah. It's the uh, Edward D. Hansen um, Convention Center, which is literally just attached to the Angel ah, of the Winds Arena. So okay, it's the perfect. same building, it's just the, the arena is where they have, like, hockey, and then the convention center is where they do conventions and stuff oh, like that. Oh, perfect, so, yeah. yeah. And this is happening November 9th and 10th. We're, uh, we're a little ways out from there. This is the beginning of October, but we wanted to make sure and get the word out, because if you're a fan of Magic the Gathering, this is... The, 
there's a lot of magic going on, man. So we're just going to do a little bit of a rundown of what is happening because day one is where you're going to be having the modern and the legacy events, which uh, it seems to be these are going to be the big ones, right? These are this, this is what a lot of the the super tournament players, the guys who are super into Magic, the guy like just who want to be those tournament players. This is the one that the ones that they're going to be going for. Yeah, I mean, modern is modern's the most popular format, and modern is going to bring the biggest crowd. Um, standard will actually just be changing over. There's going to be a rotation in a couple of weeks. So, That's right. Yeah, so standard will be really fresh. Um, but modern is the one that people can come down. It's the good, happy medium between legacy and standard. Um, and then legacy, of course, there's such a rich scene in this in the Northwest for like, you know, magic is from here. So a yeah. lot of people have cards and they can actually still play legacy and and. Legacy players are passionate. They will travel. They're like, I see a legacy event. I see cash prizes. I'm going to go play. Cool. End of story. Like, they go out of their way. I know there's a couple of major uh, legacy events in, uh, gosh, what was it? On the East Coast, where it that's the the pull. It's like a lot of legacy players, even though that we, we've got a, a very rich uh, legacy group here, like you said, because of the fact that a lot of the cards are out there, there seems to be a lot of high-profile players from the East Coast as well. So it's kind of nice to have something of this caliber on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. Legacy, actually, they just did uh, GP Atlanta, and I know a score of people that flew from over here to go over there because I think it was like the only other legacy event going on for, besides let's see, the wow. Atlanta and mine and then nothing else for the rest of the year. Wow, so really? Have, unless you want to travel like out of the country. Japan, oh. um, and, uh, like I, I know that Japan has a lot of uh, legacy events. It's a very rich culture over there as well. People love legacy over there. And and so unless you're willing to travel out of the country, like Atlanta and then me, and then that's it for the rest of the year. That is crazy. And I mean, these uh, this event that you're doing, again, if you look up, uh, if you just look on Facebook and look up uh, Puget Sound Battleground 2, you'll have all the information, all of it right there. Super easy way to get to that. Is it available on any other website, maybe on Geek Fortress or anything along those lines? Yeah, it's also on our website, uh, geekfortressgames.com. Right when you go to the thing there, there's a uh, there's a, um, uh, an image that takes you right to that event. Perfect. But that, that event will have all the information on there. We've we found that that's just the best way because we put mm-hmm. all the info on there. The event is shareable. You can you can share it, which we always recommend. Just like any um, anyway, I also I'm on Twitter, but I'm not very active on there. But I'll just mostly either uh, retweet about like the events that we do, uh, other magic related things, or just Seahawks related stuff. <laughs> so so well, it's like people yeah, like you're oh, the Pacific Northwest. So yeah, absolutely. yeah. If it, if it's not magic or Seahawks related, I'm probably not your guy. So and this is I mean this is some major prizes we're talking about here. There is a cap on all the events, um, but. It, like, I mean, if you hit the cap on that modern event, $6,000 in total prizes, that's yeah. amazing, dude. Yeah. And and it actually, Everett, um, so the, the funny thing is, is Everett is actually a little bit cheaper than Tacoma, so we could actually, we, we actually upped the prizes for this one. Oh, cool. Yeah, because it's, it's um, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but it's a couple thousand dollars cheaper. So wow. like that, actually, we just pushed into the prize pool, and we had two hundred and fifteen ish people show up for modern down in Tacoma. So I'm really hoping we get really close to that number, and I kind of hit the caps on the events based off of what we did last time. So Legacy's right around one hundred and fifty, mm-hmm. and and it's just like yeah, I mean like there's there's a lot of players around here that are looking forward to this event, and and I'm really hoping that that cap is is a realistic number that uh, that we can do. Plus that number for modern. 
I believe I hit the cap for seven rounds. Anything after that, then we go into the eighth round, and then it's just it's way too long of a day at that point. <laughs> then yeah, it's an actual yeah. magic fest without a day two, and you're just like, gosh, because then if you make top eight, you're playing three well, more. And that's I remember that happening, I mean, way back in the day, going to like the Wizards of the Coast Game Center up here in Seattle in the University District, where you would be in a tournament, and you're like, all right, I'm at the end of this tournament at 10 p.m. Yes, yeah. I made top eight. That means three more rounds. That yeah. means, and usually those aren't timed. So it would be quote unquote three hours worth of magic. But depending on what you're playing, that could be into two or three in the morning for magic. Yeah. And I like the fact that you're uh, a little cognizant of that, that you're like, hey guys. We all love magic, but we also like uh, uh, sleeping, uh, resting, eating, showering, all those fun things that you can do around magic. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and we don't, we we definitely, like, I've played in those before, so I know what eight rounds feels like. And yeah. it just, and the, the thing is, is like, if you go like a couple people past the cutoff, you have to do those eight rounds. That is yes. what competitive events say. I think it's 226. So if you got 228, that is another round. And <laughs> you're, it is, you're, you're begging those those two people. You're like, hey, can I just give you your money back? And like, ever, all the other players are like, please. Yeah, and we, we encourage people to show up. But at the same time, we encourage up to 226. After that, <laughs> you are more encouraged to maybe play Legacy or two of the other formats that are there. But yeah. yeah. So and two of the other formats that are happening on, this is just day one, by the way, uh, 9390. For uh, which is cards that are only legal in fr- that were printed in 1993 and 94, correct? Right, yeah. So it is Beta Unlimited, uh, revised, and then it's the side sets, which is Legends, Antiquities, Arabian Nights, uh, The Dark, and then there's a bunch of different ways to do it, but on the Pacific Coast rules, we also include Fallen Empires. Um, there is... <laughs> what, for Aliopile? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's to give Goblin... Uh, him to Torak and Goblin Grenade, I oh, think I think are like yeah, the two good cards. Call, good call. But it's really strange that like there, there's different rule sets for 93-94. Um, I know that it's a big, big thing over in Europe, and they don't allow Fallen Empires. Um, Interesting. We, yeah, we allow the gold-bordered cards and the collector's edition cards... Um, you know, you can play the the power from that or whatever, and they don't allow that over in Sweden. So oh, like, wow. your pocket's got to be deep to go yeah, play over there. Yeah, because we're, I mean, a lot of the times with Magic, and especially nowadays, even with like a modern deck, it can get into the multiples of thousands. But when you're talking 93-94... Yeah, that's just one piece of power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one and, card. And at that point, too, when you go into an event like this... There's going to be somebody that's going to be the whale that's going to have all these things. And so it gets into that sort of arms race where you absolutely need these cards in order to compete. And sometimes, you know, maybe you can get away with a goblin deck and have those goblin grenades if you got the Fallen Empires. But if you don't, you need the actual power. And those are just, those are literal, actual, like, European nobles playing this game at this yeah. point. <laughs> and, and, you know, of the, the irony of all of that is the person that won the event that we did down in Tacoma was literally just playing a white weenie deck. Dude, like, I don't powerful man. I don't think that thing could have cost more than like. I mean, of course, he did have uh, uh, some of the more expensive cards. Like, but if you were to, to strip away just the the power in there, you're looking at like a hundred dollar deck. It, yeah. was, it was Savannah Lions, and Th- it those just, were the cards that helped me win a lot of tournaments in my youth, man. It was it was all so the punk funny. nights, white nights, crusades, and yeah. Savannah Lions. He just played a couple of little guys <laughs> and strip mined a couple lands away, and then just attacked for four, attacked mm-hmm. for four, attacked, and that was it. It was just like, oh my gosh, this white weenie deck's actually gonna. And the guy he was playing against had everything. 
I mean, it was power. It was everything. I mean, it, you know, when you add it all up, I mean, it's probably like a $20,000 deck. Oh, I mean, my goodness. It is absurd. It's a brand new car. He's just shuffling it. And, <laughs> and, and, and it looks so good when you just lay it all out. And then he gets beat down by Savannah Lions. And they weren't even like expensive ones. They were... They were revised four dollar lines, beat up, <laughs> and yeah, and played, and, and I think some of them like were drawn on because it doesn't matter as long as you're playing with the original cards in the format, and the format is the the, the stigma is that it's very unaffordable, but you know, yes, there are some cards that are expensive, and that's mm-hmm. just the way that some things are, and some absolutely, it, you know, there are expensive guitars versus cheaper guitars and whatnot, it, just with anything, but with with this format. You can build a deck relatively inexpensive, and then you can buy the collector's edition, which is still expensive, you know. But I mean, like, just as an example, a Mox Pearl probably costs like two grand. <sighs> but you can buy the, I know, you can buy the collector's <laughs> edition one for like 300 bucks. And, and it is very playable, and that's a much more affordable if you want to get into this type of format. But you don't mm-hmm. necessarily need that. It's yeah. just helpful. But you can still win with creatures and creature removal and going fast. As Back you, how magic was invented and I mean, how they wanted it to be. It was. Just as, <laughs> just as Garfield intended, you know, just <laughs> slam down dudes and turn sideways. Sometimes just gets the job done. So so that's a really cool format for sure. And, and the people are really passionate. We had um, we had people uh, fly out from, from Vegas. I, I was looking at the ticket sales and Pittsburgh – uh, California, That's Texas, amazing. and I was just like, these guys are dedicated. There's yeah. actually um, this weekend. There's actually an event, an old school event going on in Italy, and I see people that are buying tickets flying to Italy to go play in these. Events. I had a friend. I had a friend that is doing that as well. And is it is it the Fish Liver Oil one or because I know they have one as well like that where it's, yeah, it's I'm, something ridiculous like that. But it's one that again, everyone around the world is going to go check out. Yeah, it's it's probably going to be I think one of the largest old school gatherings. We had um, eighty to ninety people show up at our event last May. And and I'm just seeing these, and I'm just like these guys are dedicated, and obviously, uh, they are not um, they're not hurting for money. So flying somewhere, <laughs> yeah, it's not when, too bad. When, yeah, right. When you're playing with a deck that you could just trade for a brand new vehicle, like getting a two hundred dollar ticket to fly to just C-Tac. traveling with that thing, though, man, it's seriously, it's going to be briefcase, handcuffed, glued to my hand. <laughs> like, there's there's plenty of other events, and if people just want to look up uh, Puget Sound Battleground Two, you can find out all of those. And if maybe you know, maybe you're not made of money, and maybe you're just doing drafts, and you're just doing standard, you're going to be having uh, demand uh, on demand win a box events the entire time correct yeah yeah so we're gonna have a ton of throne of elderain which is the new set the pre-releases this weekend oh yeah it comes out the following week so the set will be about a month old which so should still be uh, pretty fresh uh, so we'll be doing uh you know just regular drafts for 15 dollars, just pretty ta- uh typical we'll be doing sealed as well and then we'll also be doing um uh, win a box where basically you have an eight person pod everyone pays 15 dollars. it's single elimination the winner of the three-round event gets a box. That's That's it. $15 box, you win three in a row. And we'll be just doing that just until we run out of stuff. I mean, we That's amazing. Yeah, we'll go through tons of boxes over the weekend. That'll be all weekend as well, not just on Saturday, but on Sunday as well. Just, Just win a box, $15, draft sealed, and, uh, and and until we run out of stuff. so. And uh, if you're somebody who has been always more interested in maybe the artistry and the, the visual side of Magic the Gathering, uh, and even if you're a player, you can appreciate the art a lot of the times, you have an amazing list of guests, of artists who have done stuff across all 
all of magic and it's it's pretty pretty stellar that you've been able to do this you had artists for the first one correct yeah yeah we did um i reached out to anson maddox who i've actually had in my store uh, a couple times and i've met over the years and met like i mean every you know he he was local you know every con every pax i just always would meet him and, and, and finally i was like hey I had an anniversary coming up, and then he came up to the store, and then we had a great time, and then since then we've been able to like build a friendship, and then he was able to actually really help me out with with reaching out to all of the other artists because they're very like clicky. Uh-huh. So if like okay, one of sense. them yeah. says, "Hey, this is actually a cool thing," the rest of them are like, "Okay, we're on board." You know, cool. we've never heard of this guy, but if you are getting a, a the, you know the acknowledgement of one of our fellow artists, sure, that's all we need, and then it just spiraled from there. Um, you know, uh, Brian Snooty reached out, um, and then he and uh, Julie Barrow, they reached out for the Tacoma event, and then Anson uh, brought in a lot of other people. And then for the Everett one, we just were like, okay, let's see if we can get uh, some, some like, you know, some of the people from Tacoma, but also some newer ones, some, some of the old school vintage artists, because so many of them are from around here. Which you don't think about. You're like, oh, but then you realize, oh, yeah, the game was essentially created here. And what do you need from, you know, from this area would be the artists that originally were in this area during that time. Yeah, yeah. And and it's really interesting listening to them talk. Like, I, one thing that I really wanted to do that um, I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to do it at some point, but I really, uh, they liked the idea of a panel. Just up there talking about. Oh, yeah. Just, just talking about, yeah, like, uh, uh, what was like? Because I, I was in a chat with them when I was telling them all the information, and all of a sudden they just kind of started going off on on like old time stories. And I, I was listening or reading it, and and they're talking about how like they would they were doing the artwork for Magic in like each other's parents' basement because none of them could afford <laughs> anything because they're twenty yeah. something year old uh, yeah. you know artists, and twenty something year old artists are not making a whole lot. No, and not so at all. they're like, yeah, so they're they're crashing on couches, literally inventing. The, the artwork for magic because none of them and then finally they were like getting paid I believe in um in in like magic or in wizard stock or whatever because they couldn't fully pay him yet you know because yeah. the game hadn't quite been out so they're like look we're gonna get you eventually you know and then finally of course it blows up and everything is great and fine now but yeah there there a lot of them are local um and and they're driving from all over Seattle That's you amazing. know and and so. Um, yeah, it's it's really exciting, and 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 one big thing that I always want to do is support the artists. So good so call, the, good yeah, call, because they bring in so many people. They're 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 really you know they're they're good people. Um, even uh, one of them was even super local. Jesper lived in Snohomish for a while. Really, and that's where my store is. And so I was talking to him about that, and and now I think he's out in Camino or somewhere. I don't know where he's at now, but it was just funny because he's like, "Yeah, I lived in Snohomish for a while." I was like, "That's exactly where my store is." And 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 supporting the the artists is um, they bring in a lot of people, and and you know what mm-hmm. they do to 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 like start the game up and everything like that and you look at the artwork and it's so nostalgic you know and 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 so it's they're what, a really big part of it and it's what drew a lot of people into the game like the mechanics are one thing and you'll figure those out but the high fantasy a lot of these i mean the game was originally made so people could play it as a short way during a break for dungeons and dragons so you needed that sort of draw to that and that's what these artists brought so you should be able to give them some props and see them in person and maybe get some cards signed and 
buy some prints from them and do all that fun stuff because they are the ones that really brought this all to life. And again, this is the Puget Sound Battleground. You can get more information, like I said, Puget Sound Battleground 2 on Facebook. But if you just go to geekfortressgames.com, you'll be able to find out more information. And a big thing about this, you can go to the event even if you're not necessarily sure if you want to play because it's going to be all ages and they can go and check it out, correct? Right, yeah. It's free to just go in, which is a big thing going back to the artists. Like, that's what we want to be able to support. And and we don't want to charge people just to walk in the doors because we want people to be able to walk in the doors. And if you want to play an event, go play an event. And mm-hmm. if you want to play in the main event, that's fine too. Or if you just want to go in there, we have multiple vendors that are going to be set up, a couple local stores here, actually. One of yeah. them. Yeah, shout out to Zulus. Yep, yep. One of them you're familiar <laughs> with. My, my uh, I, I've known Matt for a very long time, long before either of us had opened a game store. Um, and so uh, I reached out to him, and, and he's really excited about it. And then uh, David uh, as well over at uh, PangFi MTG. They are always at uh, Magic Fest and stuff, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the local. And, I think and I sold them some cards in the, pra- in the past. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they, and so they have a ton of stock, and so they have a huge setup on each one, and they're going to be doing some cool stuff. So we wanted to, like, if you want to enter the event, we don't want to try to, like, you know, nickel and dime people. We want you to come in for free, check out the vendors and support the local vendors, check out the artists and support, you know, support the artists for sure. Do on-demand events if you want to. If you don't, great. It's just all about trying to get people in there. The people that want to play competitive magic, they'll play. Yeah. Like that's absolutely. that's going to happen. Yeah. But it's the people that want to maybe just check out an event for the first time because maybe they don't want to drive all the way into Seattle when usually where Magic Fest is or or Tacoma a couple times, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they just want to like maybe bring their kids down and look at these artworks, you know, because I have a lot of people that come in and they're like, oh my gosh, Magic's still around 20 years ago. I was in college. <laughs> now I have my kids and they're like interested in what is going on. And so they get to see a lot of their childhood artwork. Like me personally, I still remember the first Magic card I ever found. What was that? I saw Lord of the Pit, and I never looked back. Oh, there you go. Okay. I I found seventh grade me. I was 11 or 12 or whatever. Lord of the Pit. Found Lord of the Pit on the ground, and I was just like, I was already into comics and and sports cards, but I was like, what is this cool-looking demon, and how do I do this? (laughs) And and that was it. I was like, I took it to my local card shop. They gave me a stack of garbage at that point, and I was just like- But you didn't care? I didn't care, because I got more, and that that was the whole idea. Ideas like you know, I mean that was like, and that was that was the end of it. I was I've, yeah. I've been hooked ever since. I mean like I just I never ever ever forgot it. And then I saw all these other cards and you know iconic uh, artwork um, like by Douglas Schuler, the the demonic tutor and yes. and Melissa Benson has one of my all time favorite artworks as um, um, the Shivan Dragon. And so it's like dude, yeah. When you see that and you're like, this is the most powerful creature ever. And over the years, it's been one of those Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. icons. It's one of those things that when you look at that and you see that picture of his claw looking down at you about ready to eat yeah. your face, you know what's going to happen and you know that it's a Magic the Gathering card. And, and yeah, and all of those artworks and, and then the artists that brought them to life, are there, you know, a lot of them are going to be there. I think we have nine artists lined up. That's um, awesome. And, and they're all like some of the, the old school artworks. And then I had... Um, uh, one of the artists actually reached out to two other artists, friends of his who are in the area. He's like, hey, he was at the last one. And then he's like, hey, I really want to bring these guys over to the new one. Do you mind if they show up? So they're like inviting their friends over to this that event, is cool. which is like, I mean, you know, kid me is just like, oh my gosh, what is going on? <laughs> I'm in a chat room with all of like these people that I grew up just like, you know, just, just loving adoring. their artwork. Yeah, yeah. And now they're reaching out to me and they're like, hey, we want to be a part of your event. And I'm just like, Thank you. yes, please. <laughs> Thank yes, you. to 
all of you. You know, we're not worthy. You know, it's just like, and, and so, um, you know, they have a great time, which is great. You know, all of the events, you know, the Canadian Highlanders, another event that we're, that we're going to be having as well. And it's just like all of these events that, that bring people to, cause it's, it's all about the events that make people want to travel. Yeah. You know, um, the old school players will travel. The Canadian Highlander, we have a bunch of friends that uh, live up north that come down for these events as well, also locally. Um, and and it's just like it's 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 going to be a, just a great two day event. Um, and then the team trios on Sunday is exactly what you want about Magic. It is playing as a team, playing with your friends, and slinging spells. I mean, that's like yeah. There's nothing better than like a, the team trio where you can actually talk to your friends and and converse and strategize like and figure out plans of attack and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's one thing that you cannot do normally in modern. You can't just have your friends sit next to you and be like, "Oh, don't do that." You know, that's that's literally <laughs> that's against idea. the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's that's why the team event, the team trios is so much fun because cuz now people can actually sit there and and you can talk and you can strategize and you you know, you get to play everything. You get a standard player, you get a modern player, and you get a legacy player. So, you reach out to all three of the formats you get to play with your friends you know the, we do it like every other month up at my store and we'll get like 20 something teams or whatever and even some players from wizards of the coast that that can come up because they they can only play if it meets a certain criteria of yeah. of of prize wise but they really want to because it's exactly you carpool you play together you play all day <laughs> and it's great so it's perfect i love it again if you want to go check this out geekfortressgames.com has the links to those i would suggest if you want to do the big events like the modern and the legacy or even the team one those do have caps so you might want to pre-register early if you're on the fence and not sure exactly where you want to go with that you can just show up and hopefully register there but again it'll be kind of close when it comes down to all of it this Oh, I was, was going to say, yeah, the, the Team Trios event, I that one's going to sell out. I'm yeah. just going to tell you that right now. It's only 126 teams um, because that's the cap going into the next set of rounds. Uh, so we capped it at that, which is roughly 350-ish people. Yeah, but still um, a bunch of people, yeah. It, yeah, and... and the idea is though is that there's only so many only so many players. So, you know, we had over 150 legacy players show up last time and over 200 modern players. Well, there's only room for 126 of them now. So, it's like, yeah, you know, that yeah. both of those were more than what the team trios can handle. And yeah, maybe some of them will play other formats and whatnot, but the team trios one is one that I definitely recommend people signing up for as early as possible, which all the tickets are available and they'll be available up until the at the end of the week when the event is actually happening so that'll they'll be uh, uh friday will be the la or thursday will be the last day to purchase the tickets and then friday will be kind of a cool down day where i get everything set up and then yeah <laughs> cool down for everyone except for you yeah exactly that's when it, know, that's when i'll be adding you know 700 people yeah to, to all these events and then saturday there will be a spot if there are any tickets left available to sign up day of but it, I really don't yeah. recommend it. Like, yeah, it's it that that you're you're playing with fire when it comes down to that. Yeah, so, I hate turning people away. I always feel really, really bad. <laughs> I don't want to say, "Oh, you traveled all the way here to play on our event." Sorry, like right. nothing makes me feel worse. So please don't do that. So the Angel of the Winds Arena. If you go to GeekFortressGames.com, November 9th and November 10th, this is happening. Check it out, Dylan. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me, and I'm really excited. And and like I said, you know, go online. And and let's you know let's let's bring the people here. Let's, that's all we need. You know the events set up. Now we just need the players. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I can tell. Yeah. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Dylan. I hope everyone out there is also excited for the uh, the new release. Uh, it's really interesting to see it. Like, I'm kind of hoping that uh, it'll feel like Innistrad did for horror, just the way they're doing it with fairy tales. And yeah, I, 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 it's clever. I, it is. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not too clever for itself. Like, I just kind of feel that maybe the adventures are a little confusing for people. Um, but we'll see how those work out. I'm an out. old person, and if I can get it, and I'm an old magic player, but it's, I mean, it's really, it's it's pretty easy. I mean, you can play a spell out of your hand, throw it out of play, and then you'll cast it as a creature mm-hmm. when you get to, it could even be that same turn. Not that difficult of a concept. I'm hoping not. But again, also, pre-releases, which are coming up if they haven't already come up for you, uh, a really easy way. To and even release events are a really easy way to learn the mechanics because everyone's learning them. Yeah, man, it's a great flavor for uh, Halloween. Good call. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have a feeling once you start playing with the new cards, it'll be a lot easier. It's mm-hmm. not like all those things. The exactly, first time yeah. is always a little confusing, and then you play them, and you're like, ah, oh, this is just exiled. <laughs> okay, I can do that. But uh, it's gonna be fun. Moving on from the uh, magic battlegrounds on the tabletop, let's talk some board games. BJ, uh, what have you been playing lately? Well, I got something old and something new, and actually, uh, are they been, borrowed or are they blue? Yeah, I've been I was playing say old. anything blue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, d- a quick aside. I uh, just recently, off my friend, finally convinced him to let me have his uh, Twilight Imperium Second Edition. Okay, so do you have all I, of them now? I don't have First Edition. Oh. I, I, for collector's reasons, I would love to get First Edition. Yeah, uh, and for but but actually for play reasons I got second edition. So oh. I, I'll talk about it after a couple of weeks. We're going to actually try it. We, we'll be using the updated fourth edition components so that you know because the second edition components are twenty years old and for the time they were pretty cool, but now they're kind of really dated. But the rules <laughs> themselves, it'd be interesting to play Twilight Imperium before the massive changes that were made for TI3. Wow. Uh, and so, and they were big, big changes. So now, I, I'd like to see what that game felt like when people played it. Now, did you get in on 3? I did. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, totally okay. in on, that's how I got introduced. Okay, and it, yeah. it's a much different game than TI2. And I, I, I want to see what it was like 20 years ago cool. or even 25 years ago when, uh, when Christian Peterson first released it. Uh, so I got that going on. But speaking of old games, uh, there's a game that my buddy Eric turned me on to. Uh, called Level 7 Invasion, and it's part of the Level 7 gaming world. They have many different games. This one here has a very pandemic feel to it as aliens are landing on the planet and spreading their alien-like ways, and you have to stop it. And it is a cooperative game, but um, the cool thing about it is is that you still have enough to do on your own, including these awesome player boards with these cool dials that you move around to set different resources and different conditions. I was... You know, I, I go over to my buddy Eric's house, guy that made the game Slaughterball, and oh, yeah. we he and I don't have the same tastes really when it comes to games, but we're friends enough that we'll always give at least a game a try. That's nice. And, and it'll be like, oh, it's my turn to play a game you don't like, and he goes, all right, next week I'll, <laughs> we'll play a game that I know you don't like. Um, I was surprised at how much I like Level 7 Invasion because I don't like Pandemic. I just... I mean, I I stopped playing Pandemic, gave all my copies away because it's yep, just. Yep, I a have bu- them. <laughs> yeah, it's an alpha game. It's just you oh, know, one it, person can basically yeah. dictate what's going on. Yeah, unless you have an alpha that's aware they're an alpha and are able to like. Kind of yeah, like, like uh, your turn. <laughs> delegate. Yes. <laughs> and the game is hard and bores me because it's the same thing. Hopefully, we can beat it before it beats us with its really unfair and you know it's it just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just it just I don't like that. I like to be able to think I can beat a game not because the game is just designed to be really really hard and you know mm-hmm. some people love that kind of thing. I don't. Not a big cooperative game player. I just don't like it. 
though level seven invasion gives you enough to do and it's like you're playing for yourself even though you're playing for other players and you've got a lot to keep track of that it's really hard to alpha somebody else you really need to keep track of your own stuff and to the point where somebody forgot to do something important in the game and we had to take an extra turn than we shouldn't have. Like we, we needed to get this guy from one place to another. And we're like, dude, you were in charge of him. We can't be keeping you know, – it was one of those <laughs> things. Like how did you forget you were in charge of that guy? Really good game. Um, I, it, it was um, – I forget when it, when it was put out, but uh, hold on. If I go here, it probably will tell me. Um, but it, it can go between an hour to two hours, but it really depends on, you know, however it goes. And uh, Will Schoonover designed it. Uh, good art from Michael Jenkins. Privateer Press actually put it out. And uh, I don't know if you can get it anymore. I think you may be able to, but it's been a while. I mean, like, it's been a while since it was out. And um, it's pretty cool. It's set in the year – the the very far future year of twenty twenty. Um. So S is about to go down in a year, guys. Just a uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. I only have one year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, bro. The no. world hovers on the brink of annihilation. <laughs> figured out. And the mechanisms are area majority influence. It's a cooperative game, dice rolling, trading. It's 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 actually a pretty cool game, and it made me think of Pandemic. It's it's a lot more than that, but it yeah. made me. It's almost like Risk and Pandemic at the same time. Interesting. In its own weird way. So that's an old game that I, I really liked, and then of course there's a new game. Which has really gotten a lot of a lot of talk, and because of the fact it's a very pretty game, it's a space game, but doesn't use the traditional space colors. It's super bright, super bright pinks, super bright Whoa. pastel blues, bright greens, bright yellows. It's it's called Black Angel, and it's by Sebastian uh, Dujardin uh, and uh, Xavier Georges and uh, Alain Orban. I hope I said your name right. Uh, Ian O'Toole did the art, and Ian O'Toole said, "Look." Um, I'll do this game, but can I do space the way I want to? I don't want to do it. And they're just like a whole black theme and everything's dark. And uh, so he did great art for this. Pearl Games put it out. And uh, it is just basically oh, human. That is pretty. It's a beautiful game. And the way it's designed, the board that the ship is traveling on has these inter uh, these interconnected sort of like puzzle-like pieces that are, uh, that are sort of these long pieces that you put together, almost Tetris-like, but they yeah. all, they're all the same, they're all the same uh, shape. But what you do is when you travel through space, you take the front piece, flip it over, uh, or I should say the back piece, flip it over and put it up front. And that's how space continues to go until you reach the planet Spez, which is such, that's the planet we're trying Spez. to get to. Spez. We're trying to get to Spez. Idea as simple as, uh, hey, guess what? Earth is dying. And so the corporations all got together and said, we need to uh, at least preserve some of us. So uh, we're all in sort of like a cryogenic place. And the artificial intelligence is running the ship. And the corporations are in charge of uh, a particular uh, artificial intelligence on the ship. So corporations are still competing via AI to see who can get us to Spez and start humanity all over again. Uh, And whoever does the best job, that corporation will be in charge. Um, we meet aliens along the way that are having trouble with these creatures called Reavers, so they have no problem working with our AI. Aliens are the friends you make along the way. It's really, really cool. Okay. It's got, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're like, we need bodies. It's like, it's not that we're, 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 we have technological superiority over these creatures attacking us, but there are so many of them. Yeah. We need bodies. So sure, humans, come on out. We'll help That's you how in space. the Zergs get you, man. Exactly. They're totally Zergs coming at you, or called Reavers. Uh, I should say Rav. But you might want to call them Reavers uh, <laughs> for all you Serenity fans and yeah, Firefly people. Mm-hmm. But 
It is a really good game. I like the mechanics of the game, the way you get technology. You have to slide cards off a board in order to get technology to work a certain way and score victory points. So you may have like this one piece of tech that's working real well for you, but in order to get your victory condition on the board, you're going to have to push this one off. It's, it's a very interesting concept of wow. how do I put a piece on the board? I've got to slide it off the board <laughs> because there's already three pieces on there, so dang boop, it, you're getting knocked off. Wow. Uh, a very, very cool game. It's called Black Angel Pearl Games. I enjoy it. And uh, all of our friends enjoy it, and I immediately went out and bought a copy. So uh, great sci-fi theme that looks really pretty. Nice. Thank you so much. And now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what do you got for us? All right. I have a lot of casting rumors. Oh, rumors. And I really love casting rumors because it kind of gets you thinking like, oh, I would really love this person to play this character or... Maybe I don't. Maybe they should play this character. I want this actor to play this character instead. So I have it like all over the board, different kinds of rumors and different kinds of like people saying, hey, I want to be this character. Oh, the ones that be actually that are like, I, I want to do this. Like, Hi, I'm over here. Please. <laughs> Come Thank on, you. guys. Please, Ever please. since Ryan Reynolds said, I want to be Deadpool, everybody thinks no, they can do what they I want. I think what he said was, I am Deadpool. Yeah. And then and everyone just difference. kind of agreed. So with that's that the difference. That you have to say you yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So Method Man, we all know Method Man, the rapper, yeah, Wu Tang Clan. Uh, Method, he's lobbying for the role of Bishop in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is funny because he actually played himself on an episode of Luke Cage, was which is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I am Bishop. But, yeah, so he's currently lobbying. There was uh, some fan I would art. Like to see, I would like to see Bishop. But also because also that leads in towards Cable and then Forge and all of those guys that are You've in that. You've already seen Cable. You're, you're, I you're, have. Okay. But here's the deal. Thanos is the best Cable. You can. You're not wrong. But you can also incorporate him into this because, I mean, if they bring Deadpool in, they should bring in Cable. And then you can have Josh Brolin because Thanos is gone. So you can just have him seamlessly come in. And then you just have Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool looking at uh, Josh Brolin's Cable and be like, you look. Kind of familiar. Weren't you a little purpley before? I mean, there were a couple of uh, references in the last Deadpool movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Feel, I feel like if Idris Elba didn't already play Hemdall, and I think he's kind of soured from being stuck in like Marvel contracts and stuff like that. Yeah, he would be a great bishop. Yeah, I would like that as well. But I'm okay with Method Man. He's done some movies before, mm-hmm. and you know, like I mean, seriously, like Bishop is a character from the far future who comes back, and you have all those sort of things. And this kind of a serious character, eh, comic book serious. So was Cable, wasn't he? Really? Yeah, you can have some fun with those characters mm-hmm, and yeah. still make it all right. And then again, mix it in with X Force. He was X Force, and then you go with Deadpool. So it's the not quite serious X Force. I think Rev is talking. Rev's talking like Phase Eight. <laughs> yeah, I know. At this point, but hey, uh, there I got is, a dream. There is another actor that is wanting to play Somebody. a superhero type person, actually a villain. Oh, really? Yep. But IMDb did an interview with Eddie Redmayne, and they asked him oh. what supervillain he would like to play, and he responded that he would love to play the Riddler. Face wise, I think he's got it. Yeah, he's got the yeah. structure. He also the way that, um, and I can't remember his name, but the dude that played him on Gotham. Uh, oh, yeah. He really, oh. he, they, they look similar, and yeah. I feel like they have a tone that can be similar, because Eddie Redmayne was, 
he was unfortunately in Jupiter Ascending, but he was in that. He was also in the, uh, <laughs> he the wasn't movie the worst about thing in that uh, movie. No, uh, Ethan was, Hawking. Uh, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Ethan Hawking. Yeah, you should, <laughs> well, Ethan Hawking. He was in the Stephen Hawking movie. That one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Eddie Redmayne's a great actor. And you're so, thinking of Corey Michael Smith. Yeah. Thank you, Corey. And Corey and, Michael Smith was an amazing was great Riddler. He was a great uh, Riddler on that show. And I mean, out of all the villains on Gotham, I thought he was fantastic. And one of the things that Rev and I have been agreeing on. For a while, since we figured this out, I think we know who the next Redler needs to be, especially if we're we're going with an older Danny DeVito. Uh, No, he was already the Penguin, and you can't take that from him. He's the Penguin and the Riddler together, the Piddler. What? Okay, never mind. (laughs) After watching his performance in American God, especially season two, American Gods, Mm -hmm. Orlando Jones. Yes, yes. Mr. Nancy, his speeches. (laughs) Yeah, like his speeches, especially the uh, the, uh, Angry Gets S Done, is one of the best speeches. And the way he monologues, you just, I want to see a Riddler monologue come across the way Mm -hmm. he does Mr. Nancy. Yeah. That is the idea that the Riddler is so brilliant. That he just believes nobody is ever going to solve. And there needs to be a little bit of contempt in his voice. But he's also looking for someone who can match him, which is Mm -hmm. why Batman Riddler. That relationship is it's different than the Joker relationship. I love it. Oddly enough, I feel like the Riddler would work a lot better in this day and age too, because of technology. You could hide stuff and manipulate data. Yeah. Oh yeah, he would be like a programmer. Who would just like hiding things subliminally and like even just like the programming language. It's like find my Easter eggs. Yeah. Just like Jim Carrey was. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, he did have that that wonderful green suit, and it sparkled. That was it, cool. That Actually, that was cool. cool. <laughs> it really that was. was. <laughs> yeah. And if Jim could have been a little bit more subdued, but I don't think Joel Schumacher wanted that anyway. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones wishes he was a little more subdued. Mm-hmm. Or I, just still, I still liked his Two Face, though. Tommy, it was too. Yeah. It was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Those good. movies are good, but not for well, they're for something. different reasons. Yeah. Uh, but going back to talking about the Penguin, apparently <laughs> uh, the Batman. Is uh, eyeing Jonah Hill to play a secret role opposite to Robert Pattinson, and a lot of people, because it's Jonah Hill, are assuming it's the Penguin. But he's lost a lot of weight oh, he's again lost recently. A ton of weight. But yeah. then again, uh, I mean, granted, it wasn't until the end of Gotham before um, mm-hmm. you know the Penguin actually gained weight. And it's not that. I mean, it's not too outside of the reason that they could do a fat suit or something like that. Like Chris, Hem- right. Chris Hemsworth wasn't fat when he did Fat right. Thor. He wasn't. No, he wasn't. And it's Wait like, a minute. Taking the sure. weight out of it, though, he does have the nose and the face he yeah. does. of a cobblepot. He does of a cobblepot. Yeah, cobblepot. yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if he can pull something like that off. You know, Jonah Hill. It's it's. I don't know what to make of him as an actor. Sometimes he's really great, and sometimes I'm like, he's done some Ooh, weird stuff, like Moneyball, and he was in that uh, uh, Maniac or whatever on yes, Netflix. Yes, Maniac was so good. Um, but some people are thinking he might be the Riddler too. Huh. Oh. Some of the fan Uh-oh. art they did weren't wasn't awful. They made him look really slimy and creepy. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about Riddler. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know if I want him as the Riddler. Yeah, but, just bring uh, him back as the Piddler. I, I looked up some other villains. I was thinking either Mad Hatter or Puppet. Uh, was it Puppy Puppet Master? Oh, or? Master. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think Mad that Hatter. might be a good one, too. Oh, I miss the Mad Hatter from the 60s where his hat popped up and the <laughs> eyes hypnotized everybody. <laughs> oh, so good. That's funny. It's just like I, I love all of the fan theories and the fan castings. That, that I like that, especially if you go a little bit deeper than just what they look like. As compared to what the uh, comic book characters look mm-hmm. like, because you got to get that whole vibe. And sometimes it's not what they look like, but it's how they bring other roles. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I yeah. really yeah. am. I'm excited for Pattinson's Batman, and I'm excited to see new people, you know, do this mythology their way. That's what's so great about mythology. Absolutely. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.